All rise. All rise. The Honorable Chief Justice and, and Associate, Associate Justices, Justices of the Supreme Court. Yes, oh yes, oh yes. The Supreme Court of North Carolina. All of has our citizens across the state depend upon us to uphold and protect both the spirit and the letter of the law and to always apply the law fairly and impartially to every litigant who comes before this court. God save the state and this honorable court. Hello and welcome to All Things Judicial, a podcast of the North Carolina Judicial Branch. I'm Chris Mears with the Judicial Branch Communications Office. In this special bonus episode, we visit with Dean Rich Leonard at the Campbell University School of Law, where he gave us a tour of their exhibit honoring North Carolina's women judges. The exhibit, which went on display in 2015, is entitled First Ladies of the North Carolina Judiciary and contains rare photographs and artifacts of North Carolina's first women judges. Stay with us as we tour this exhibit and keep all things judicial. Hi, I'm Chris Mears with the All Things Judicial podcast, and I'm here at the Campbell University School of Law. I'm with uh, Dean Leonard, and we are looking at the First Ladies of the North Carolina Judiciary exhibit in honor of Women's History Month. Um, Dean Leonard, thank you so much for appearing on our podcast. Thank you, Chris. It's always great to have y'all drop by. Um, and this is a terrific exhibit. Now, I have to say, unlike our first African-American exhibit, we didn't actually curate this. Uh, when I uh, became dean, uh, there were a lot of empty halls in this building, and I was always looking for opportunities to uh, fill it up. And I was on the board of directors of the North Carolina Supreme Court Historical Society, and my ears perked up at a meeting when they said that the First Lady's exhibit, which was over at the Supreme Court, had to come down, and they didn't know what to do with it. So I immediately raised my hand and said, uh, I know where it could go, where a lot of people would see it. Uh, so uh, just for the price of taking it down and putting it back up, uh, the Supreme Court Historical Society gave it to the law school. Uh, and it tells a remarkable story. It goes back to 1949 when uh, Judge Carr Scott appointed uh, Susie Sharp, who was a lawyer in Rockingham County in Wendell, uh, oh no, in Wentworth, uh, as the first Superior Court judge uh, who was a woman in North Carolina. And uh, it was so unique that if you read her biography, you will find because Superior Court judges then as now, but more then, uh, really did rotate from county to county, that people would show up the night before and camp out on the lawn of the courthouse just to see the lady judge. Because it was the idea that a woman could be a judge was fairly far-fetched in those days. But she had a long and distinguished career. Uh, now, 1954, this is before we had our unified system of courts where the whole state was the same with the district and the superior and the court of appeals and the Supreme Court. So counties had their own variety of judgeships. So uh, there was a domestic relations court in Judge Farmer's County, uh, and she became the first uh, domestic relations judge uh, in the county. And then in 1962, uh, Justice Sharp had been a Superior Court judge since 49. 
Terry Sanford, as governor, uh, appoints her to the North Carolina Supreme Court, first woman uh, in the history of North Carolina, and one of the few women in the country at that point to sit on a state Supreme Court. Um, 1966, 1965 is when we went to the unified court system, so now we have district courts all across North Carolina, and uh, uh, Judge Whitener becomes the first female district court judge uh, in the history of North Carolina. So Dean Leonard, what are we looking at here? Uh, this is Chief Justice Sharp's formal judicial robe from her time on the Supreme Court. Uh, and uh, this is the typewriter on which uh, she did 20 years of judicial opinions. Uh, very proud to have these. Uh, she was from, as we said, Rockingham County and uh, they had a small history room up in Wentworth in the courthouse there, but I persuaded them that if they would let me have this on an indefinite loan, that many, many more people would see and appreciate it here uh, as they would uh, up there. Um, and the typewriter has an interesting story where one of her admirers was so concerned about her staying late in rural courthouses by herself, uh, working on opinions and jury charges, that he actually gave her a typewriter so she could work in her hotel room. So that's the typewriter she lugged all over North Carolina when she was a trial judge. And her robe is, is different than the robes of the other justices. Well, it has a lace collar. <laughs> I dare say it was the first lace collar in the Supreme <laughs> Court. Yeah. And the other thing you do notice is that it's, uh, it's petite. Uh, she was a very small woman who yielded immense power. This is a, a, a beautiful exhibit here. What are some of the, um, the items that are on display? Uh, newspapers from the time. Uh, actual, that's uh, Judge Farmer's actual gavel that we got from her family. Uh, this is the actual appointment of uh, Justice Sharp signed by Governor Sanford uh, to the Supreme Court. Uh, this is uh, the official portrait of the court when she took office. Uh, it was known as Susie and the Six. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, these portraits, uh, I believe a number of these, the families donated uh, the official portraits for the folks. Now, this is one of my favorite judges of all time. Uh, Naomi Morris was the uh, first female judge on the North Carolina Court of Appeals. Uh, one of, I think, the first judges on the North Carolina Court of Appeals. Uh, but she has a fascinating story. She's from Wilson, uh, and she went to college and went back to Wilson to work as a legal secretary at the old law firm, which is still there, of Lucas Rand Rose. And one day, Mr. Will Lucas called her into his office to take a letter, and it was to the dean of the law school at Carolina. And he asked that they admit uh, Ms. Morris to the law school that the firm would pay for all of her expenses on the condition that she returned to Wilson after graduation and practice law at the firm. And that's what she did for 20 years uh, until Governor Moore put her on the Court of Appeals. Did you know Campbell Law has their own podcast? The Campbell Law Reporter is a podcast that strives to expand the university's mission to lead with purpose by reporting with purpose. CLR hopes to breathe new life into the dusty reporters on the shelves by reporting content through captivating discussion. You can find the Campbell Law Reporter on your preferred podcast platform.
before we uh, yeah, move on, sure. what an awesome picture this is here. Could, could you share that with our uh, listeners there? That's um... that is. Yeah, that's uh, Mrs. Moore, who was the first lady. And I think probably instrumental in some of these appointments. So that's Mrs. Moore, Justice Sharp and uh, Judge Morris. And I have to tell you a funny story. Uh, one day uh, when I was in law school, a couple of, I, and I went north to Yale, uh, my uh, couple of buddies were here visiting, and there are these two gray-haired ladies in sundresses standing on the corner. And I said, you know who those are? And they said, somebody's grandmothers? I said, no, the short one's the Chief Justice of North Carolina, <laughs> and the tall one is the Chief Judge of the North Carolina <laughs> Court of Appeals. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it was an incredible time. The thing I loved about Judge Morris, who had this big laugh, uh, she's about six feet tall, and she's called Peanut. That's all anyone ever called her was Peanut. Now, Winifred Wells, a lovely lady from Duplin County, uh, was uh, the first woman who was appointed by Governor Scott as a resident Superior Court judge. And she only served one term. I asked her why, because uh, I'd gotten to know her. And she said, well, here was the problem. She said, I was the only female Superior Court judge in the state since Justice Sharp had moved to the Supreme Court. And she assigned the Superior Court judges to counties. And she was determined that every lawyer in the state was going to try a case before the female judge. Love that. And she said, the problem was I had four teenagers at home. <laughs> And I would leave every Sunday morning to drive to the mountains or, you know, some remote part of North Carolina, come home on Friday night or Saturday, do laundry for 12 hours and get in the car and leave again. And she said it was just too much of a strain on my family uh, to do that. So after a term, she decided that uh, she would just let it go. Okay. Um, but then the big jump came in 1975, Justice Sharp. Uh, became Chief Justice. Um, and um, that was, I, I think she is, I think there was a Chief Justice who was followed her husband and appointed job in Texas, but she was really the first woman ever elected in her own right as Chief Justice of the state Supreme Court. Um, and uh, my personal interaction with her is fairly interesting. Um, as I said, I'd gone to law school at Yale and in a much more parochial North Carolina, I was having a bit of a hard time figuring out how to get back home for a job and clerkship seemed to be my best bet. But frankly, most of the judges hired from Carolina or Wake where they'd gone to school. Uh, so I was surprised when I got a call from Chief Justice's secretary inviting me down to uh, Raleigh for an interview. So I got my little VW and saved up my toll money and drove down and went into her chambers and. We were having a lovely conversation, and then she looked down at my file and looked up with her piercing blue eyes in abject horror and said, are you in law school at Yale? And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I misread your file. I thought you'd gone to Yale as an undergraduate and had the sense to come home for law school. I do not hire law clerks from Yale. Good day. So I was in Raleigh 30 minutes before I turned around and drove back to New Haven. Um, but, um, but yeah, she was quite the legend. Uh, she really was. An interesting uh, thing that people don't realize in North Carolina is the Chief Justice names the Chief Judge of the Court of Appeals. Mm -hmm. So uh, no surprise <laughs> that 
uh, that Justice Sharp thought that the only woman on the Court of Appeals should also be the <laughs> chief judge. So, so she elevated uh, Judge Morris to uh, chief judge, but actually everyone thought it was terrific. No one was the least bit upset about it. And then Judge Hyatt becomes the first woman elected to the Superior Court in North Carolina. Uh, judge Sharp and, uh, uh, and Judge Wells were appointed by governors, as often happens here, but uh, Judge Hyatt actually uh, ran and won for her seat on the Superior Court bench, and these are some of the cool campaign posters that, uh, that she had. So it wasn't until 2003 that women got to the federal bench in North Carolina, which is... Uh, you know, 1949 in North Carolina, but we're 2003 in North Carolina. And in within a few weeks of each other, uh, Judge Duncan, uh, Allison Duncan, uh, became the first woman from North Carolina to go to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. And my good friend, Louise Flanagan, uh, became the first woman to be named a federal district judge. She's a judge in the Eastern District of North Carolina. Her chambers are in Newburn, and she's still sitting. Uh, she's uh, you know, a very, very respected judge and has been uh, now for closing in on 20 years. Um, and then uh, finally we come to um, my good friend Sarah Parker, uh, who was the first woman elected to both the North Carolina Supreme Court and the North Carolina Court of Appeals. Um, and uh, when we dedicated this exhibit over here, it actually was hanging on the wall where the African-American exhibit now. And you notice on the other side, there's a fire extinguisher. And I tried for so long to get that fire extinguisher moved because I thought it detracted. Justice Parker walked in and said, you're the most clever person I've ever met to put a fire extinguisher there. And I said, what do you mean? She said, have you forgotten your history? When Chief, the one time that Chief Justice Sharp ran to be Chief Justice, she ran against a fire extinguisher salesman. <laughs> and he almost beat her. He almost beat her, uh, which is why we passed the constitutional amendment that you had to be a lawyer to be a judge in North Carolina. So uh, she said that, I said, oh yeah, I'm so clever. Uh, I never quite put that together. But again, we're, uh, we're enormously proud of this. Uh, you know, Justice Parker uh, was, and I, you know, I have mixed feelings about this. You know, in North Carolina, we require state judges to retire at 72. Uh, and people age differently than they did when that rule was passed years ago. And, uh, and Chief Justice Parker was nowhere ready to step down when her time came. She, uh, at her final uh, remarks, I remember she stood up and said, having reached the statutory age of senility, <laughs> I'm forced to relinquish this post. <laughs> Colorful people and such a credit to our state. Well, Dean Leonard, thank you again for this tour. Um, if somebody wanted to come down and see the exhibit in person, how would they do that? Just come to our security desk and say that uh, you're here at the invitation of the dean to look at the exhibit, and they'll be glad to let you in. Well, this is a beautiful exhibit with uh, very valuable artifacts that I think anybody would be better off coming to see in person. So thank you again for your time today. Um, this has been uh, very impactful. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. It's good to see you. You've been listening to All Things Judicial, a podcast from the North Carolina Judicial Branch. You can find out more about the Judicial Branch by visiting nccourts.gov. If you like our podcast, 
please share it with a friend and give it a five-star rating and review. Your help is essential to sharing the important work of the judicial branch. Special thanks to the Campbell University School of Law and Dean Rich Leonard. You can arrange a personal visit at the exhibit by visiting Campbell University School of Law in Raleigh. I'm Chris Mears with the Judicial Branch Communications Office, and I'm reminding you to keep all things judicial. Thanks for listening.